Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes knows the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. And Shalom, this is your host Mark Reinbold, and this is the House of Ephraim show today. We do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Decker. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope, are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope, is a must have gift offer the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in the show. It's Mark Reinbold. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time, that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois out what we call lovingly the corn patch, and uh, you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God. And I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and, and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material, not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service. And we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity, again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that. 
and you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprophet.com. That's cradle at jewishprophet.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about, and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call, 618-262-2810, and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deggert. Uh, I want you to turn to Jeremiah 29. <clears throat> the attitude of the heart has been a thing for the whole weekend. As I said, there's nobody here that doesn't need a heart adjustment. Okay? And that's what we're going to do this morning. Okay? And we talked about all the things. I asked you to go home and uh, or go to wherever you were staying last night and make a list of the things in your heart. Well, everything from uh, being jealous to selfish to downright stupid at times, okay? And I hope you were, you're able to do that because we're, we're going to deal with that when I finish this morning. And we want everybody to have a, have a chance to bless God to walk out of here with their heart changed, okay? The heart is a terrible thing if you don't get it in line with God's Word. It will lie. It will cheat. It will, it will do steal from you. It can eventually kill you before your time because you don't understand what's going on in this thing. You see, we all somehow think we got to vote in how God does stuff. Some of you think you've got to vote in how this prophet does stuff, and you don't, never will. I'm not answerable to you. I'm answerable to him, okay? But it's the heart. Your heart is either going to make you come over this thing, or your heart's going to sink your boat and your family's boat, Okay? Because why? Now this prophet's teaching this, so now it's required of you. And that's the other tough thing that we talked about the other day. All right, Jeremiah 29, 13, 13 and 14, 29, Jeremiah 13, 14. And you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all of your heart. So how do you, you see, you've got to get all the selfishness out of your lives to be able to seek the Lord God with all of your heart. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity, and I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places, whether I have driven you, saith the Lord. I had to do this because it pertains to Ephraim, okay? And I will bring you again into the place whence I caused you to be carried away captive. Let's go now to Daniel, the first chapter of Daniel. Hallelujah. The first chapter of Daniel. The eighth verse, Daniel 1, 8. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the, uh, of the Enochs that, that, that he may not defile himself. Now, notice how he had to purpose that in his heart that he wouldn't defile himself. Now, we talked last night about how that works. You purpose in your heart, as Daniel did, to do something. Then this world out here comes in, and this world begins to try to explain to you how it's okay. All right? Yeah, but you see, you have to purpose your heart. You have to purpose your heart. You have to purpose it. If there's one thing I pray that you can take away from here this weekend is to understand your heart is not going to change itself. Okay? Those things that are in your hearts today 
are not going to leave because you made last four years of services in this room. They're not going to leave. Okay? That the only way for that, to, it has to be cleansed. It has to be cleansed through a repentive heart. Okay? And, and of course, that's what we're going to get after, after today when we finish, is to give you that opportunity to understand. Folks, as I said, this is one of the most serious studies that, 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 I, that I've done in four years. Because now we're getting down to a point uh, of where all those other things that we went through, you should have down by now. You don't, but you should have. You have to keep working on those, and now, you, now you've entered into this, this whole area of the heart. And, and this study you will, you will go through hundreds of times over the next 10, 15 years, okay? Now, let's, let's look at uh, Daniel 10, 12. And it says something here, and I used to love every time I, re- I would read this. Daniel 10, 12 says, Then, then said uh, he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before the Lord thy uh, uh, God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. Now, now, now he's telling him that, bless God, that the first day that thou didst set thy heart to understand. You have to set your heart to understand. How do you do that? Heart? You understand what God's Word is saying here. Now, every reaction that you have when something is spoken to you is your heart. Now, your, your mind, again, we're, that's in the carnal side. We're talking in the supernatural side. Your mind, listen to me. Your mind is at war with your heart. Your mind is at war with your heart, and that's never going to change. Your mind, through the five senses and the carnality of the world of which the mind is a part of, is always going to choose the world. That's the reason when, he, when, when, when the angel said unto him, made this statement in him, he said that thou didst set thy heart to understand. You have to set your heart to understand. You've got to want more of that of God than you want that of this mind and this world. Again, the stupidest people that I know are the smartest people in the carnal world that there probably are. Can I say that again? The stupidest people I know are the smartest people I know in the carnal world. That's into the supernatural world. Why? Because your mind cannot. See, the first time I came across this scripture, I smiled very, very big. Uh, it, it is given unto the poor. The Lord said that the gospel is given unto the poor. What is that all about? Well, thank God it's given unto the poor. The poor of money, the poor of mind, it's given unto them. In other words, there, there, there isn't any realm. I'm going to tell you something. The reason, you know, when we, we have the infillment, have people been uh, filled with the Rahakadish, the Holy Ghost. You, you know, all the time, and I'll stop and point it out, the, the children come up here and never have problem one receiving this thing. I've never had, I had a child get in the line to receive the Holy Ghost that didn't just, I mean, just fluently start speaking in tongues. And, and, and yet, uh, here comes, here comes the, the adults. Waiting for God to grab a hold of your tongue, massage your vocal cords, and I'm not saying anything if it's not God. Well, you're not going to say anything anyhow. Why? 
You're letting this dictate instead of this dictate. Children have not calloused their hearts to believe that only their minds can tell them the truth. Adults have. So children come up here with an open heart, a heart toward God, bang, they receive. The adults come up and <laughs> two or three years later, some of them still haven't received speaking in other tongues. What's it about? It's a heart thing. The, the, and thank God that you don't have to be, bless God, a, a, a road scholar to be able to receive the Holy Ghost. Thank God you don't have to be uh, the highest of IQs, bless God, to understand how to work the miracles of God through the holy name of His Son, Yeshua. The, those, those are the drawbacks. The people, that, the people that are highly intellectual are the same people that are the stupidest people I've ever met when it comes to the supernatural world. Why? Because they can't turn this off and turn this on. Because this up here is what they were taught, and this up here is what they dictate. It's the heart. He set his heart. He set his heart to understand. You need to set your heart to understand. And the way you keep setting your heart to understand is real simple. You keep going back every day over and over and over and over again. You're going to get to the place where you just speak your heart. Now, heart, I know what I put in there in God's Word. Now, I'm expecting that to come out. Heart, I'm going to put some more God's Word in you today. Heart. And we are going to gather the Word of God into you to such a degree that, bless God, when I speak, that's what I'm going to speak. You should only speak the Word of God. Now, I, I, that's an impossibility in America because of the way that we're dictated through, again, by our society, but it's that way. Go to Obadiah, verses 3 and 4. This is so great. Obadiah, verse 3 and 4. The pride of thy heart hath deceived thee. The pride, the pride of your heart has deceived you. What is the pride of your heart? The pride of your heart is you deceiving yourself into believing that it's okay to sow discord. It's okay to judge people because this is me. Are you listening to me? That's what this is about, folks. This isn't about what you think. This is about what God says. And there's a big difference in what God is saying and what you want God to say. A big difference. And you have to come to the point of understanding. It's what God wants. He's not interested. Now, listen, he's not interested in our opinions. He's only interested in his word, in our hearts. That's what he's interested in. Now, he goes on to say here, he said, uh, that thou dwellest in the cliffs of the rock whose habitation is high, and that saith in his heart, who shall bring me down to the ground? Though thou exalt thyself as the eagle, and though thou set thy nest among the stars, thence I will bring thee down, saith the Lord. So he says, you can, you can get yourself in your heart uh, where you've let the pride deceive you to the place where, now listen to me, Please, everybody look at me now, because this is one of the most important statements I'm about to make this morning. Because your mind will deceive you. Your heart, if you let it, will deceive you into thinking that you can cheat 
lie, steal, judge, sow discord, be jealous, be selfish, be this, be that, and it's okay. Okay? And that's what he's saying here. But what did God, now what did God say? He said, I will bring thee down, saith the Lord. I will bring thee down, saith the Lord. To whom much is given, much is required. Every word that is in your lap in the Holy Scriptures is required of you. Whether you know it or you don't know it, the day will come that you will be judged for what you know and what you didn't get around to finding out. In fact, the Scripture says you will be beaten with, with stripes for what you didn't know. Now, that's going to get a lot of church people in trouble because the church doesn't hardly know enough to wipe their, wipe their nose on it. They teach you very simple doctoral facts of which uh, <laughs> doesn't make a lot of difference one way or the other in your walk. Let's go to Zechariah 7. Zechariah 7. Don't let your, don't let your heart be deceived. Don't let your heart be deceived in trying to tell you that, well, this is you, and God loves you more than he does the rest of them, and it's okay. You tell your heart that you understand that you will stand in your lot on that day, and you will give account according to the whole counsel of God on that day like everybody else. You tell your heart that you have a responsibility to yourself and your families to get it right now, instead of trying to wait and find out how wrong you did it then. Zechariah 7, starting in the 8th verse. And the word of the Lord came unto Zechariah, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, Execute true judgment, show mercy and compassions every man to his brother. Now, 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 isn't that something? We are to what? We're to execute true judgment. I'm a prophet of God. I'm a judge. Okay, as a, as as the line of the Levitical priesthood, I'm a high priest. I have the I have not the want, but I have the right, and I have the charge of God to judge according to the word. Solomon was a judge, the wisest man that's ever walked the face of this earth. God called him to be a prophet. God called him to be a judge of the nation of Israel. But when that comes out from under that, see, this is called righteous. There is no one called to be into righteous judgment except number the prophets, the major prophets. And, oh, well, I can judge by the Word. No, you can't judge anything. The only thing you can do is love one another. Okay? Now, listen closely to me. Let him without sin toss the first rock. When you want to judge somebody, if your heart is pure and you are totally without sin, then throw the rock. Nobody picked up the rock that day, did they? Listen closely. Ain't nobody in this room can pick the rock up. Okay? Some of you people got enough sin still in your life to sink a big boat. You know it and I know it. And yet you're going around here trying to play God, get holy, get spiritual, and how old it is, the anointing, and thus saith the Word of God. And you know where you're taking yourself straight to hell in the end. And you're not smart enough to understand that because you can't seem to understand the dictation of your heart. 
please understand. Please understand. Ninth verse, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, Execute true judgment, show mercy and compassion to every man to his brother. Love your brother. Ten. And oppress not the widow, nor the fatherless, the stranger, nor the poor. Let none of your, 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 you imagine evil against his brother in your heart. Don't be... Uh, what, what's imagining evil? Let, uh, now, well, that means taking the gun next door or the shillelagh, and I won't go into that. Some of you know what I'm talking about with that, don't you? Yeah, this organization has a shillelagh. I don't. Now, there's no sense going there. <laughs> well, I'm going to go over and punch him in the nose. That, you know. Well, you see, that, that, that's, yeah, that's part of it. But what about murdering your brother because you've judged your brother? Come on. What, 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 what about... What, what about that? You've spoken ill against your brother. You have judged your brother. Is that what God called you to do? Well, I happen to be the superintendent of the Sunday school. I don't care, bless God, if you're the president of the United States. I spoke all weekend about rules. God has rules to all of this. And if you can ever understand the rules and ever begin to comply to those rules and ever begin to turn your heart and set your heart to those rules, you're going to make it in this thing. If you don't, your lives are going to stay the mess that they are now. And, and you don't want that. I don't want that. And we sure don't need to be trying to take that back to the land of Israel. Somebody say amen. What are you saying, prophet? Some of us, if we don't get all this stuff out of our heart, ain't going? That's exactly what I'm saying. Exactly. We are developing, as I said, a nation here. It doesn't look like much today, but you better listen to the footsteps if you can in the spirit, because they're getting louder and louder and louder. We're coming home. We are going to fulfill this thing. And I'm going to fulfill it whether you do or you don't. Okay? You better come along for the ride. But they refused to hearken. Now listen to the 11th verse. And pulled away the shoulder and stopped their ears that they should not hear. Your heart is saying, don't be judging. Don't be so in discord. There she's stopping up their ears. What they want to do is justify their sin. Justify their sin. One of the greatest things that I hear people say is, I think. I think. What about what God thinks? See, uh, we need to change our thinkers up here. Can you get a hold of that? If we can change our thinkers up here and, and start worrying about what God says. You know, uh, a long time ago, I, I, th- I think when Bernie was uh, pretty, pretty eight years, nine years old, uh, they had a thing uh, called "What Would Jesus Do?" that was going around. You remember that? Well, see, I-, I thought that was a great deal. Before you get yourselves all monkeyed up in what you want to do, stop and think: What would Jesus do in this situation? What would Jesus say in this situation? And I'm going to tell you, people: If you'll stop and stop, start to stop, and and bless God, listen to what you're saying. And then get to the place where you'll stop saying before you think. 
first think about what you're saying, whether or not it's going to line up to the Word of God, or it's going to do what? It's going to keep taking you down. You can't just... See, it, it doesn't matter where you think you're walking at with God. It matters, bless God, whether you're complying to His Word. God is looking where? Here. Say, God, God is looking at my heart. That's what God's looking at. He knows all good. He knows all evil. He knows. He understands those of you that are trying. He also knows those of you that, bless God, all, all people hear out of you is, well, I think this, and I think that, and some of you are stupid enough to say, God told me this, and God told me that. That's not what God's after. Yea, they made their hearts as an adamant stone. They made their hearts like a stone. That's the callousing that I talked about. Least they should hear the law, and the words of the law of, uh, of the Lord of hosts has said in the spirit by the former prophets. Therefore came a great wrath from the Lord of hosts. Now, it, it's really something because, you see, they, they, they made their hearts as an adamant stone. Because when your heart is calloused, as we talked about, then, bless God, if it wasn't, you'd hear the law, you'd hear the word, and what would happen? It would repair your heart. But now again, and I can't go through this enough, when your heart is calloused, all right, you can't hear the word in your heart. And that's what we're going to do today. This morning, we are going to get the calluses off of your heart if you can dare but repent so that you can then start, if you will, at box one over here or box zero, and you can go from there. Now, at 13, therefore it has come to pass that as he cried and they would not hear, so they cried and I would not hear, saith the Lord of hosts. But I scattered him with a whirlwind among the nations whom they knew not. Thus the land was desolate after them that no man passeth through nor return, for they laid the pleasant land desolate. That's what happens when you close your heart to God. That's what happens. Folks, in the end, it, it, it becomes worse, and it becomes worse, and it becomes worse. You're not gaining. Remember where we started by saying you have to look into that spiritual mirror and see yourself? And you have to realize through seeing yourself that you don't like what you're seeing here. Before you can grasp on to, and you have to want to change. No one can change unless they want to change. You can, I can preach as they say till the cows come in, but if you don't want to change, you're going to leave here this weekend with another, now listen to me, with another callus on your heart. Uh-oh. Callous number what? 10, 12, 22, 175? How many ever calluses that it takes upon your heart for your heart to have become callous? Let's go, let's go to Matthew 5, 8. Matthew 5, 8. And, of course, the Beatitudes. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart. He put that there, spoke that there, so you could understand it being there. Blessed 
of the pure in heart, for they shall see God. You want to see God? Huh? Then you're going to have to have a pure heart. Let me tell you something. God does not participate in sin. Now listen to me closely. For you people that are leaning over here to the supernatural side, until you get your heart straightened up, you're not, you're not being led by God. God does not use messes. And I hope you'll understand that. He does not because that's sin, and he even turned his back on his only son because when he took on the sins of this world. And you think you're going to get out here and get all this spiritual thing going and God said and this going, and you've got a heart that's calloused over. That's how stupid stupid gets, and you don't even know it. You don't even understand it. But yet I know, I think, I'll judge you, prophet, because, I mean, after all, you better look at your own heart before you start judging this prophet. You better look at your heart. And that's where the problem lies, brothers and sisters. It lies within our hearts. Let's go to Matthew 6, 21. Matthew 6, 21. For where your heart is, there will your heart. I mean, where I messed that up, didn't it? For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. What's your treasure? Now let's go back because I, I want you to understand something. If you are into, and I pounded on this all weekend, and I'll be pounding on it for the next five years if that's what it's going to take. If you are into judgment and discord. That's where your heart is. If you're into selfishness, if you're into into anything outside the Word of God, that's where your heart is at. Your heart isn't in Yeshua. That's just a wonderful thing to say. Come out and separate yourself. That's what God is saying. Separate yourselves. Grow up. At least where you quit wearing those crappy diapers you're wearing around. Some of your diapers are beginning in the spirit to stink. Okay? Let, 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 let's go to Matthew 12, 34 and 5. So where's your treasure? What is your treasure? Okay? Matthew 12, 34. O generation of vipers... How can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. What has your mouth spoken over the last 24 hours? Goodness and righteousness? Or has it, is it speaking uh, evil? See, the problem with you and I, we don't think that judgment and discord is evil. It's evil. Six things. Remember, we, went through it there. we just went through it that night. Six things God hates. Seventh thing, he said, is an abomination. Those that sow, sow with a, a discord among the brethren. Now, how do you think you can be into discord and God be blessing you? How do you think you can be in discord when you become an abomination of God and God's going to use you? You are lying to your heart, trying to convince your heart, because it's you... You can get away with this. No, you can't. 
No, you can't get away with it. And again, if you look in that mirror, you'll see you didn't get away with it because you'll see all you are is a, bub- uh, 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 a bubbling idiot at the best. All you are is, bless God, trying to puff your own self up for other people to see. And sad is going to be the end thereof. Sad is going to be the end thereof. Now, he goes on to say, now, I see, I got, to, I got that, didn't it? Bring forth evil things. Matthew 15, 8 and 9. Turn there with me. 15, 8 and 9. And this is the one I love. This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. They draweth nigh to me with their mouth. Oh, how I love Jesus. Come on. They honor me with thy lips. Lord, thou art the Lord God of all creation. But then he says, then he says, but their heart is far from me. Churches are full of these people. Some of you sitting here, most of you sitting here, fulfill that right there that I just read. And you don't even know it. You've never come to, you, you won't let yourselves come to grips with the real you. And the only way you can judge yourself is what? Is by the Word of God. Spirituality means nothing to God. You serving Him in compliance to His Word means everything. Now listen to this. But in vain do they worship me. Teaching the doctrines and commandments of men. In vain do they worship me. Why? Because as I said, it's over. It's over. You go out here in this world and you sow all this discord, all this judgment, all this hate, all this evil. Then you come into the house of the Lord God and raise your hands up and, oh, how I love you, Jesus. Folks, it doesn't work that way. It does not work that way. God is seeing here. And you can't talk out of both sides of your mouth at the same time. Matthew 15. Matthew 15. 18 and 19. But those things which proceedeth out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. Those things that, that proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart. I hate you. That's your heart. The way that you know what's in your heart, listen to your mouth. Well, let me tell you about old Brother Jones over there now. Well, now, I understood last night this and this and this happened. Just listen to what's coming out of your mouth. That's not love. That's hate. Because that's how you know who you are. Like I said, you can know where you're at through the next crisis you go through. Just start writing down what you, what's coming out of your mouth. Just start writing that down. I know people that, bless God, get around me just so they can find something wrong. You really think God's got people out here doing that? No. He's the God, the great judge of all. He didn't call you to be his assistant, Okay. The prophets do it because that's just part of what goes on with us. And that doesn't come because it's something we want to do. It's something that comes with it. Why do you judge? You judge by the Word. 
Now, he goes on and says in that 19th verse, For out of the heart proceedeth evil thoughts, uh-oh, murders, adulteries, fornications, thieves, false witnesses, blasphemes. These things come out of the heart. But evil thoughts, evil thoughts. Now, you, if you begin to think about what are evil thoughts, they're everything outside of God's Word. Everything outside of God's Word happen to be evil thoughts. You love one another as you love yourselves. You love one another as you love yourselves. Some of you don't love yourself. Some of you need to fall in love with yourself. And because of things that have happened in your childhood or they've happened throughout your life, you never did love yourself, so you can't love anybody else. It's a thing of the heart. And some of you today, I hope, are able to repent from that and come free and be clean from that today. Let's go to, let's go to Mark 11:23, which in, in uh, <clears throat> the faith world is paramount. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. The key is not to doubt in your heart. Now, again, doubting in your mind is also a problem. But the doubting in your heart is also a problem. How do you learn not to doubt in your heart? Put the Word of God first and foremost in your heart every day. That's the reason you should every day read Scripture. Every day you should meditate Scripture. Every day you should be into the Word of God. You can force, you can force the Word of God into your mind. And then in turn, you can begin to speak the Word of God, meditate the Word of God, and get the Word of God into your heart. All right? But you have to knock a, a, a chunk of that callus off your heart, bless God, one chunk at a time. That's the reason, again, I ask you to write things down because I want you to be, I want you to be, walk out of here completely free today. I want you to, I want you to be free of all of those things that are in your heart. Now, th- th- there's some dangers because this is, a, it's a deliverance service this morning. And there's gets to be some dangers in that, okay? And the dangers are just real, real simple and real strong and real deep. If you don't comply to that, God's going to set you free. But you walk out of here and then you fall back into that, you're going to be worse than you were. The, the problem with being around deliverance preachers, and I am one, is that you can be delivered, but then it's up to you to maintain your heart to stay delivered. That's the reason I have so ardently gone through this this weekend with you, because I don't want you to misunderstand. I say over and over, quarter after quarter after quarter you come. This isn't a game. I'm not doing this for an exercise in futility. Listen to me. I'm trying to save your lives. Because I do know more than you know, whether you think I do or not, about the Word of God. And I am patiently, and boy, if you only knew how patiently, waiting on some of you knuckleheads that ought to be doing uh, 
head and shoulders above this, and you still got your life wrapped up in what such and such said and what I think they should do and what they did wrong and can't keep it to yourself, you got to tell everybody you can get in the corner to tell it to. You folks are in trouble, okay? You're, going to, you're getting yourself in a real bind with God, and if you don't repent and you don't come out of it, you're going to find yourself standing on the outside looking in. You don't want that to happen to you. I don't want that to happen to you. But I'm going to tell you something. We, man, can't do anything about somebody else's heart. Only you can do something about your heart. Only you can do that. And in order for you to do that, you have got to be free, you've got to be open, and you've got to love the Lord God more than you love yourself. Quite a statement. It takes a little bit of time for that to happen in our lives. Uh, Luke 12, turn there with me. Luke 12. Again, for where your treasure is, there your heart be also. Acts 5. Acts 5. 3 and 4. And, and see, we're here. We finally arrived. I've said for years there'd be a day when this would come alive and this is now coming alive. Acts 5, 3 and 4. But Peter said, Ananias, why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? Can Satan be filled in somebody's heart that is saved and even filled with the Holy Ghost? Absolutely. Absolutely. He said, why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? I'll tell you why, because he, well, he says, whilst it remained, was it not thine own, and after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart, that thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God? It's a heart problem. You open up your mouth and say one thing out of one side of your mouth, and then out of the other side of the mouth, you turn right around, and you mess everything up that you just said previously. Oh, I, 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 I love you, prophet. Yeah, I'd like to stick a knife in your back if I could. That's what you do and don't even know it. And then you expect what? Oh, how I love Jesus, and oh, how God's going to tell you this, and how God's going to use you to raise the dead. Come on, wake up. This is a real world we're living in. It's not going to happen. You're lying to yourself. In fact, you're lying to your heart enough that, bless God, that your heart is beginning to believe through the callous of it, that, bless God, that it can work that way for you. And, folks, if it does, God will have to go all the way back and apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. And he's not going to do that. He's not, he's not set. See, we're trying to bring God down to our standard. And what we don't understand, he's desperately demanding that we come up to his. And that's where the battle lines are drawn. That's, uh, that's where this thing gets all, all out of hand because people, bless God, are, are you know, trying, to get, trying to get God down here on our level. You're never going to get him on our level, but we're going to have to go to his. Be ye holy as I am holy. Come up thither and I'll show you things to come. Huh? You're going to have to go, going to have to go up. Going to have to go up. Okay, let's go to uh, uh, Acts 28. Acts 28:24. 
through 27. And some believed the things which were spoken, and some believed not. And when they agreed not among themselves, they departed. After that Paul had spoken one word, well spake the Holy Ghost by Esaias the prophet unto our fathers, saying, Go unto this people, and say, Hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand. Seeing ye shall see, and not perceive. Now, I'm going to tell you something. That's pretty well the way it is now in the church. Hearing, they don't understand. Seeing, they don't perceive it. I preach over and over and over and over and over and over and over. Get into the Word of God. Let it be first and foremost in your life. And this thing can begin to work for you. If you're into the supernatural Holy Ghost goosebumps, you're already beaten and don't even know it. And I told you when we started four years ago, the biggest corporate that we were going to fight was a judgmental spirit and the sowing of discord. That's what's full and full running through every church, every kind of a meeting place in the name of Yeshua, Jesus, in North America. It's gone rampant. It's so paramount that the heart has accepted it as fact. And it's an abomination in the eyes of God. And yet we think we can get away with it. Well, who do you think you are? But see, that's what the problem is. We get to thinking that we're just a little bit more important than you. That's what we get to thinking, folks. I can get away with this because, well, this is me, and after all, God used me last week. Mm-hmm, yeah. Don't get too stupid about all this. Wake up and understand. It's God's way or it's the highway, okay? It's God's way or it's the highway. Now, <clears throat> 20, 27, for the heart of this people is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes have been closed. Least they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and should be converted and I should heal them. So you see, there's still a, the thing that I love about this verse, there's hope for you. Because you can see and you can hear if you set your heart to do so. You can. If you don't want to, you never will. The choice is yours. Say the choice is mine. And, of course, in Romans 10.10, uh, 10, For with the heart man believeth uh, unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made into salvation. So, again, it goes over and over again. You had to believe in your heart unto righteousness. 1 Corinthians 14.25 And thus are the secrets of his heart made manifest, and so falling down his face, he will worship God and report that God is in you of a truth. 1 Corinthians 14:25. And thus are the secrets of his heart made manifest. The secrets of your heart made manifest. Wouldn't you just love today if you could stand here before God and your heart could speak audibly and tell the secrets that you put into your heart? Oh, no, you wouldn't. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You wouldn't want that at all. 
Ephesians 4.18. Ephesians 4.18. It says, Having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Being alienated from the life of God through ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their hearts. And that's exactly what we're going on. That is going on today. That's what's going on here. That's what's going on all over the world. The hearts have been blinded and nobody seems to see that they're blind. Why? Because everybody is doing what everybody else is doing. The preachers are no more demanding holiness. They're no more absolutely driving at you to get the sin out of your lives. So it makes it real simple and it makes it real easy for you and I. We just go in and sit down and make sure we put money in the plate, huh? And we're good for, good for a week. That's what we've been taught. Second Timothy 2.22. Second Timothy 2.22. Flee also useful lusts that follow, uh, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with him that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. There's the pure heart again. Hebrews 3, 7. Hebrews 3, 7. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, Today, ye, if ye will hear, the vo hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the, in, in the provocation, in that day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation, and said... They do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. Now, why did they not know the ways? They didn't study the ways. They didn't put the, the ways first and foremost in their life, the law. That's the reason they didn't know them. That's the reason you don't know. But you see, I'm going to tell you something. You can only know what you've been taught. See, that's the reason I keep saying people know all, all about Paul and all about how Paul said the law was no more uh, uh, to be used, and went on and on and on, the people all said amen. Well, that, that, you know, again, that didn't make it so. But that's what gets going on, and that's what was going on here. That, that bless God, that uh, they had known theirs. Uh, Eleven, so I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. You can get away from this thing, folks. You mess around so long and keep your heart callous so long, as I said last night, God will turn your heart over to a retrobate mind to believe a lie. And then you'll spend the rest of your life going around here pointing your finger at me, and it's my fault, and I'm so wrong about this and so wrong about that, and all I've done is preach and teach righteousness and holiness. That's all that I have done. And yet at the same time, bless God, because you have let this happen, you have let this happen in your heart, okay? You've let this happen in your heart. And, 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 and really, I'm going to tell you, tell you something. You better, you better take heed because if, if you, that heart becomes a heart of unbelief. Now let's, go, now let's go back. How does a heart become a heart of unbelief? To know it to do good and to do not is sin. Okay? 
So once the word comes forth, all right, and you attest that that word is truth, and you believe in your heart that that word is the truth, and then you go off over here wandering over here after the evil thoughts of your mind against God's word, you're in trouble. You are in trouble. Hebrews 4.12, it says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow and discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The word will get to the thoughts and the intents of your heart. You, you can try every way that you want to to justify your sin, but the word will stand, okay? God will look at your heart as we began with this weekend. Hebrews 10.22, For let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us draw near with a true heart. See, it, it, it takes a, 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 a heart that's got right in it and not hearts that are mixed up and got some good and some bad. See, that, that's the reason I thought that was always such a spatial illustration about the callousing of your heart. It doesn't all just callous. A piece here, a piece there, a piece over there, a piece here. A piece, it takes years. But eventually, you will completely callous over your heart. And when that happens, you're in trouble. James 1.26. James 1.26. And I like this one. If any man among you seem to be righteous, and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is in vain. This man's religion is an abomination. Okay? Because, see, you're deceiving your own heart because you seem to be rid but you can't bridle your own tongue. What I say? You've got to learn to think before you speak. You've got to learn to, to examine God's Word to see if you can. Brothers and sisters, there are just some things God does not allow us to speak without there being a penalty assessed to it. And when you get to thinking that you can speak judgment, you can speak discord, and somehow you're not going to be judged for this thing, and somehow you're not going to fall short of this thing, you have totally lied to yourself. Because it's going to come down around your ears, okay? It's going to come down around your ears. First Peter two twenty two. First Peter two twenty two. Give you a second, get up. Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit and the unfeigned love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. So if we're going to love each other with a pure heart fervently, now listen again to me, folks. You won't be 
speaking ill about your brothers or your sisters. You're going to have to put a watch on your mouth because that's what you're doing. You're out here trying to play both sides of the street. Then you lie to your heart, get your heart to try to believe everything's okay, and it's not at all. You, you deceive your heart into believing that you can do that and get away with it, and everything's going to just be like it was yesterday. The blessings are just going to keep coming down around, around, around us. Well, again, you just uh, you have believed very wrong. Last scripture, Second Peter 2. Second Peter 2, and well, I think that's pretty well going to be the chapter we do, 1 through 22. Second Peter 2, 1. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there uh, shall be false teachers among you, who privately shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that brought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And they're doing that today all across this world. And through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, now listen, but cast them down to hell, and deliver them into chains of darkness, to be reserved unto judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly, and delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. For the righteous, that righteous man dwelleth among them, in seeing and hearing, vex the righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust in the day of judgment to be punished. But chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanliness and despise government, presumptuous are they, self-willed, they are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. Whereas angels, which are, are, are greater in power and might, bring not railing accusation against them before the Lord. But these are natural brute beasts, made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of the things that they understand not, and shall utterly perish in their own uh, corruption, and shall receive the reward of uh, the unrighteous, as they count it pleasure to riot in the time. Spots they are, and blemishes, Sporting themselves that of their own deceiving will they feast with you. Having eyes full of adultery, cannot cease from sin, beguiling, beguiling unstable souls, and heart that have exercised with coveted practice, cursed children. See, they're cursed children, which have forsaken the right way and have gone astray, following the way of Balaam and the son of Bozar, who love the wages of unrighteousness, but was rebuked for his iniquity by the dumbass speaking with man's vo voice, forbade the madness of the prophet. These are wells without water, clouds that are carried with a tempest, to whom the mist of the darkness is reserved forever. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, 
they allure through the lust of the flesh, though through much wantonness, those that were clean escape from them who live.